Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Yes, sir. We're taking on COVID. Just the two of us, man. It's just the two of us now. Yeah. Uh, our guests are just have disappeared. Well, at least, at least we know they don't have COVID. They're not battling COVID. Yeah, that's true. So... Yeah, so it's just the two of us this week uh, gearing up for, for Thanksgiving. We're on the soccer break starting tomorrow night, pretty much. Got a couple more scrimmages tomorrow, and then we're on a soccer break. Bunch of uh, new guidelines and restrictions that have been put in place that have uh, forced us to have to pull out of two tournaments with our high school girls and then have to readjust some things from a training perspective. but. Uh, I think we're going to make the best of it, and I think we'll be able to be on the field safely with all of our players, which I think will be good because our players want to be able to play. So we're going to do the best we can with that. Um, it's just ever-changing world that we're in, right? you got to be flexible and change on the fly and so you don't drown. Right? you got to be able to right. stay above water. The upside is that Dwayne and I talk about this almost on a daily basis, and we have plans for our plans, for our plans, plans. Um, so we were, you know, prepared two days to nail down some plans. And we were already prepared by it. We had already talked about it. We're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We adjusted and then and off we went. So that's helpful. Um, so it's the end of the season. One of the things I noticed uh, from a training perspective is that our players, especially our younger players, were visibly ready for a break not necessarily from a soccer perspective but i think from a learning perspective they wanted to just play they wanted very little directions and i think that speaks to their where they are mentally now with from between school and soccer i think they're at the time of the year where like listen it's thanksgiving Uh, i'm off for at least a week off of school so leave me alone um let me just get get through the week. Let me just kick a ball. And then yeah, November is always like a crazy month with kids because it's like school is funky. Got all these holidays and then when the holidays get closer. They're just ready to just explode with energy to do something else. Go get on their parents' nerves, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just that time of the year. And I mean, Christmas is a month away. It's yeah. the same kind of idea, right? Yeah, for sure. So um, we're going to move on to the men's national team who played Panama. And for a brief period of time within that game, uh, probably the first 15, 16 minutes of the game, you were going, oh, boy. This is not going to be good. And then all of a sudden, just floodgates kind of opened up at random spots of the game, uh, beating Panama 6-2. to two. I think the important part for me was the fact that, and we talked about this in the podcast last week, where it was clear that the missing piece was a nine. And it just goes to show the fact that we were absolutely correct considering you put in two different nines at two different times, and both of them scored two goals and three goals. Right. I mean, Sebastian Soto scores three goals, or sorry, scores two goals, um, scores two goals in seven minutes, and Nicholas Giacchini scores two goals in four minutes. Just like that shows you that, A, in training those three days, they worked on getting to goal, that attacking third. Um. And I think it's just a personnel change, right? Like he, the, uh, the message to the locker room is probably someone has to step up and score goals in this group. And people stepped up and scored a lot of goals. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the guys, well, I mean, what do we have? Four guys on the score sheet, right? So yeah. guys stepped up, found a way to find the back of the net. And, hey, you want to keep your place in the national team? Score goals. Yeah, and somebody that I, that I am losing – almost by the by the minute or every time I see him, I'm losing a little bit of respect for him. It's Alexi Lalas because 
he constantly talks about how, oh, there's no forward. Oh, what are you going to do? Start Nicholas Giacchini or Sebastian Soto as your forward, as your nine in a big game? Yeah, man, that's what you're going to do because those are the guys that scored goals. You're playing Panama in the Gold Cup. You're playing Panama in the World Cup qualifiers. These kids don't come into this going like, oh, it's a friendly. I don't really care. No, man, they're coming into play. They're they're trying to get they're trying to get minutes. They're trying to secure a spot on the roster. Yeah, there's I mean, when I mean, you look at that roster, I mean, you may have two or three spots that are truly locked down right now. Like Zach Steppen's probably got his spot locked down for the most part. Um, yep. You probably look at Weston McKinney as another guy probably has his spot locked down, and then probably Tyler Adams. There's probably the three guys that you look at right now that are in that team that have shown would, that they've. Well, I would say Serginio. I would say Serginio Dest is going to be in one of the outside backs. Spots, yeah, and he's whether probably, the right or the left, because he played in both. I mean, so he's going to play in one of them. And then I think Gio Reyna has done better. Um, I think he he scored a nice goal. Um, but I think again, yeah. this, this whole idea of mentality, like oh, you can't you can't play with their experience. Yeah, maybe. And there's we talked about a couple of players that that maybe could fill in that nine spot. But you and I both know the one player we don't want to see. Got two players that probably don't want to see there. I mean, right? I mean st- st- stay in Toronto. Stay in Canada. Yeah. Do your do your life. Live your best life in Toronto. Stay there. Yeah. Like, don't. Th- th- this is not the time. Like clearly, not the time. These well, two you look guys, at, these two guys scored more and better goals than the other guy. Uh, he wouldn't have scored it. He wouldn't have been able to move. No. Yakini's goals. I don't think he scores either one of those. No, he's not jumping for that header. Might have pulled a hamstring if he did. Yeah, he, he would have been limping off the field and then out uh, for three months. Boom, done. Yeah, but I mean, the tough part is like Alexi Lavos is a TV guy, right? So he's got things. He's got to take a side. He's got to go on that side. Um, but you talk about like we don't have any experience. Like we've got it. Our group. When you look at the future, right? It's all under twenty three players. You got to look to the future. So we got to get these young guys in, get them capped, get them used to playing in this situation going forward. Like. Sorry, Alexi Lawless, but what was he, like the 94, 98 World Cup? Not only that, hold on. You're talking about experience. What does Josie Altidore's experience have over Gio Reyna's experience? He, Gio Reyna, already at 18 years old, has had a better successful career in Europe than <laughs> Josie Altidore has. Yeah, and, he, <laughs> and what? And he's been in the first team for, like, what, 18 months maybe? Two years? Yeah. Look at Tyler right. Adams, Weston McKinney, Christian Bull. Boom, done. All players under the age of 23 that have already had a more successful career. Like it again, it seems like Weston McKinney's had more a successful career in Italy than Alexi Lalas. <laughs> it will just seems if it does seem like we we don't like Josie Outdoor, and, and I don't want to say that because I I watched I was a referee once or twice when Josie Outdoor was like 15, right before he went to the Red Bulls. And he's he's a good guy, he's not a terrible person, like he's and he's a good soccer player. All I'm saying is, is that there's a time and a place where your time is up, and that's okay. And I think you have a national team that's proving that youth is the key. And right now, you have a you have a manager that is able to do it because there's very little risk and a lot of reward to be had in putting these young players on. So why not? Why not give it the chance? What else? What do you have to lose? What's good? What's the worst that can happen? Not qualify for the World Cup? Been there, done that with the old players. Yeah. So at I least you have a, you, at least you have a, you at least you have a cop out of going like, well, if I don't qualify, it's because I'm playing a bunch of 19 and 20 and 21 year olds. I think that the change that we're getting ready to go through as a national team is, it kind of started with Jurgen Klinsmann was like, Bob Bradley kind of had like that fixed roster, like you knew who was going to be wearing that national team jersey, except for, you know, maybe like four or five guys he's rotating, right? But, like, the nice thing now is that there's probably 40, 50 guys that are now competing to put on the shirt now. Like, you've got guys that, like Tim Ream, that are on the older side of things who just got into the national team, but he's the most cast guy. He's He's got the experience. He's still playing in Europe. Like, he's probably our most experienced guy that, 
is still a fringe player, right? And then, like, now you've got all these European guys coming in. We've got to get all these MLS guys in. Like, now it's – who can I plug here? Who can I plug there? Can we play a certain way? What style fits us? And then you have a flexible roster now. Instead of back in, like, 2009, 2010, 2011, it was – all right, we know Landon Donovan's coming. We know Josie Altador's coming. We know Kyle Beckerman's coming. We know Tim Howard, Brad Kazan are coming. Like, we know these certain guys are always coming in. We don't know who our number two is going to be. <laughs> number well, two. And that's, and that's okay. Like, I, I think I think you have time to explore between now and March. It's a time for players to go back to their clubs and and work to to get better and things like that and develop. And that's ultimately what their clubs are there for, for especially for the younger guys. And now you got till March. The next FIFA break is in March. You come back in March. You play whoever it is that we're going to play in March, and then off you go. Like let's figure it out from there. I think, I think the hard part is this: is there's an expectation of like, oh, we need to do this or we need to do that. No, you don't. You you have time now. I do think you need to start solidifying pieces. If Yunus Musa is here to stay, or that that trio of Adams, McKinney, and Musa is here to stay. Then let's let that trio ride, ride that, right? Play with, play with that. If if Gio Reyna is here to stay, then great, play, play that. I don't think that the starting eleven from the Panama game is that far off from an from an ideal starting eleven. Maybe to a certain extent, right? Yeah, maybe you take maybe take Uliana's out and you put in Christian Pulisic there, right? Yeah. And maybe Reyna doesn't necessarily start. Fair enough. Maybe he doesn't because he's 18 years old. But maybe he does. Who, it, again. It depends on who, right? It depends on the opponent. It depends on the team. It's depending on what, what what's our mentality going that, into this game. That right? Panama that Panama team wasn't necessarily backing down. The U.S. was just yeah. better at scoring goals. Like, it well, I don't think the U.S. should stop scoring goals. Like, keep scoring. Show like show the world like. Hey, we're the U.S. and like we fell off. We didn't make the last World Cup, but this World Cup, you know, we're gonna go in here with like passion, and we're gonna just go in. We're gonna try to score as many goals as we can and beat everybody. Like that yeah. should be our mentality. Is we missed the last World Cup, they're gonna sleep on us. We'll probably get a good draw, and we just go after it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, th- I do think that um, I mean, next year we st- keep talking about the Olympics, like that lineup. Looks really good for the Olympics. I mean, it's kind of scary. And you could take some of those. You could take like a Gio Reyna who might not get released, or like a Christian Pulisic who might not get released, or a couple other like Weston McKinney might not get released. But there's guys that can come in and kind of fill those roles, yeah. which is like kind of scary. <laughs> well, right, yeah. You have there are enough players: Brendan Aronson, Conrad, like all the players that can that can play. So I think that'll be. That'll be really, really good. Um, uh, did you want to talk about this uh, this under twenty three list? Yeah. So there's some. I was going to ask you if you if you should get a chance to look at it. I did. There's some names on there I haven't like necessarily heard. So I thought it was just cool to see. You know, maybe this is what our um, Olympic roster might look like. You know, bringing in some of those MLS young guys. Um, letting some of the older players just go. Maybe don't bring in three overage players, right? Just go straight, straight up. Say, hey, we're gonna go under twenty-three. Use this as development. Um, and I like to see who was on the fringe too. It was kind of interesting to see that you know Musa isn't solidified. He's a still on the fringe. Yep. Right. Um, Conrad's a fringe. Yep. Right. Brendan Aronson's got to work his way in. Reggie Cannon apparently has to work his way in. Yeah. And then some of the guys for the future, um, MLS guys, um, shout out to Kyle. His boy's up here from uh, Syracuse, Miles right. Robinson. Yep. That's right. Well, and the guy, Mark McKenzie down Mark, there, though. Mark McKenzie's down there. Yeah, but I think but I think he'll, he'll end up making his way in just because I don't know that we have another center back in the future that that has what he has. Um and at the same time, like Paxton Pomichol are, are is a player that we talked about before that I wanted on the on the roster at some point. Um, you know, hopefully he'll he'll get he'll get moved at some point and and goes 
maybe in Europe. And I think the Bundesliga is a perfect place to a certain extent for a lot of the American players. Um, it's like MLS has a partnership with them or something, right? Well, because I think, but I think, it, I think it plays to the strengths of the American player, right? The American player is somewhat structured. The American player is very physical. Um, and I think the Bundesliga is that it's a structured physical league. It's, it, it, it's I mean, not, wow. Huh? It fits the style, right? It does. It fits. It absolutely does fit the style. And I think you know the if you look at England, it's a little more gritty um, at times. If you look at Spain, it's a little more flair, and it, Italy's kind of somewhere in the middle of that. But I think the German league is structure, structure, yeah. structure, structure, structure. But I think the problem you run into with that is I think, and we'll talk about the German national team in a second, but. I think you're running into it's too structured, right? So now you've 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 lo- you've lost that creativity to a certain extent and that free flow that soccer has. And now, if you're German, you know the question now for for Jürgen Lowe is is he going to stay? Are they going to fire him? Are they going to get rid of him? Is he? I mean, you lost six nil to Spain, and it wasn't even a contest, like. You had your, your team out there, and you had your starting eleven. Maybe, maybe you didn't have your goalkeeper, but you still had everybody else. Who didn't? Have oh no, no, sorry, no, they did. They did. Spain didn't have their goalkeepers. Yes, yeah, Spain, Spain had like they had um, De Gea and uh, yeah, who, who's their other keeper on the bench? And I'm sitting there like, what? Who's yeah. this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played Simone in the goal, um, but yeah, I mean, I again, we'll talk to we'll talk about that in a little bit, but. I think I think but I do think the Bundesliga is a good place for the American players to go into. I think it's a it's a competitive league. I think it gives you exposure. And I think that there's your ability to go into a mid to lower um lower league team and then move up to a top half team is there within the league, within the structure of the league within a year or two. The structure is set up for that. You see it all the time. So, so would you say MLS is like a third tier Bundesliga? Bundesliga three. Bundesliga three. That's like the equivalent of playing in MLS? No, probably not. Maybe Bundesliga two. But I don't know. I, I don't know that there's necessarily an equivalent because I think the problem, the problem that we have, and we talked about this before, um, the problem you run into with the MLS is that there is no there's no consequence for losing. Right. Like you're just there. You got right. money. You're there. Like, like the right. MLS is just structured so differently. It's so, it's so there's no consequence for losing. Yeah. You don't make the playoffs. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Maybe your, your team gets, you know, maybe your manager gets fired and, or maybe you get traded or whatever the case is, or maybe you don't play as much, but as a team from a, there's very little consequences to you not making the playoffs. Right. Right, you don't make the playoffs. We Americanized it, right? Right, it's to say that, but because it happens in all the other sports, right? Like in the NBA, you don't make the playoffs. What happens? Nothing. You probably just lose your coach. That's it. Like if that. I think we should find a way to make a like a league, like it would have to be a promotion relegation with like the Mexican league, because like they have some really strong teams down there. I yeah, think, but yeah. I, I mean, they, I don't. I don't think it's a bad idea for the idea of the USL at some point to be combined in the MLS. But I think, I think logistically, the the uh, the biggest issue I think you have is the fact that all the second the, teams play in the USL. Well, not only that, this country is so much bigger than the other countries, so travel does become an issue. It just hence the idea of East Coast, East Conference, West Conference, time zones and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's a big part of it. There's a three-hour time zone, be- the, the three-hour time gap between one side of the country and the other. Um, so there's there's a lot of play in it, and I understand all that. But at some point, there's got to be a consequence for losing. There has to be. There has to be a consequence for losing at that highest level because it's the only way, to a certain extent, that you get better. You, you get better. Yeah, there's got to be a fear of something, right? If you don't, if you're not afraid of something, then you might not develop, and you might not try your hardest. So. Hey, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of getting beat six nothing by a guy that grabs the referee's chair and kicks his feet up and just shouts words the whole time. 
That's that's right. Yeah, he's just like reading off a checklist trying to play bingo. Um, all right, so we're gonna move on to the speaking of the MLS, uh, to the awards, the MLS awards. So some of these have been announced, some of them have not been announced. Uh, the one of the big one of the big ones that was announced um, is the Siggy Schmidt Coach of the Year award. Um, and that goes to Jim Mr. Curtin. Jim Curtin from the Philadelphia Union, which I think is awesome. I think it's it's the I mean, it's well deserved. It's it's yeah. the it the example of the 76ers way of trust the process. Right, the idea of, of trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. Two or three years ago, everybody wanted Curtin out. They wanted him fired. They're like, he's terrible. He's terrible. He's terrible. Trust the process. Trust the process. Boom. He's built what he's wanted out of it. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the 76ers, right? He came in, created a process, got his team to the playoffs, and has the best team in the league right now. Like, yeah. take notes. <laughs> Hopefully, Doc Rivers can do the same thing. But, like, in their whole time of trusting the process, he's almost completed the process. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully completes it at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you win the supporter shield, and then yeah. So, um, but, but by far, coach of the year. I don't like. He's separated himself from the pack, like super. Like there's a big gap. Like I yeah. don't even know who comes in second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have Oscar Pereja from Orlando and Greg Vaney from Toronto. Um, I mean, Pereja did a good job in Orlando, but again, I think Jim Gordon does a fantastic job. He took he took what he did last year and got better. Yeah, I mean, they went down to the bubble and made the championship. And, I mean, even though they lost, like, their play in the bubble was incredible. Yeah, and then even afterwards, they found a way to be even yeah, they kept that much home. better. Yeah. They lose so a then, game at home, right? Did not lose a game at home. Nope. Um, so, the other ones that I think are important to, to note, uh, comeback player of the year, Bradley Wright Phillips. Ends up he's in like LA now, right? LA, yeah, ends up winning the comeback player of the year, which I think nobody expected that whatsoever. Um, but he ended scoring up making goals, it, though, right? Yeah, he's scoring goals, making big impacts. Brendan Aronson as the young player of the year instead of the rookie of the year, they've now named it the young player of the year, which is any player under the age of 22. Uh, Brendan Aronson is on the list, it, it hasn't been announced yet. Um, but he's on the list with Daryl Dyke from Orlando and Diego Rossi from LAFC. I think Rossi's going to win. Uh, but, man, but it's okay. Because you got that um, transfer submitted and he doesn't. That's true. Uh, Defender of the Year finalist. Mark McKenzie is, is a finalist in there with Jonathan uh, Mensa uh, from Columbus Crew and Walker Zimmerman. Actually, I think Walker Zimmerman won the won the award. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say like Walker Mark Zimmerman McKenzie. won the award, which again Mark is fine. got robbed. <laughs> but but it's good for him to make it on the list. You know, you got three or four players that three players that have made the list, and we have one player that's in there twice. Andre Blake is in there for um, MVP, the goalkeeper right? for goalkeeper of the year, and also for the Landon Donovan MVP. So it's him, Nicholas Lodeira from Seattle, Jordan Morris from Seattle, Alejandro Pozuelo from Toronto, and Diego Rossi from LAFC. I think, I mean, Andre Blake has, like, honestly, even he's, though he's a keeper, I think he's probably the MVP. I mean, he's the reason, he's one of the reasons why the Philadelphia Union have been so successful is because he's so kept them in games. Yeah. 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 He's kept them in games. And, and it, you can see it by the saves. Like, Granted, we have like the best technology now in MLS with goal line cameras. Like, you just watch his saves he makes, man. Like he changes the game with those saves. Like yeah. it could be a three-one game or a two-one game or one-one game, and his saves keep it keep those shutouts. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of the MLS going into the playoffs now, so tonight we have the play-in round for the East Conference for the Eastern Conference. So we're gonna do we're gonna do picks. We'll do we'll do we'll do the entire bracket and then we'll see where we are every week. All right. All right. So we're gonna do picks. So tonight is a playing game. Uh Nashville versus Miami. To play in, they end up playing in 
for the spot to play against Toronto. Wait, so they got to play in to play in? They got to play in to play Toronto. Okay. In the in the round in the quarterfinals. Uh, I'm gonna go put my money on Nashville. Nashville. I'm gonna say Miami. I have a feeling that Iguain or the Iguain brothers are gonna find a way to make something happen there. Walker Zimmerman's got it all locked. Defender of the year. Yeah. Well, actually, it's the highest seeded play in winners. So, for example, if Nashville wins, they automatically go play against Toronto. If Miami wins, Miami goes and plays against Philadelphia. And then the winner of New England, Montreal. No, I got to go with. You know, we got I got to go with Montreal as well. No, I got to go with. Got to go on with. Yeah, Boron and Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Got to go with them. Now, that would be a pretty cool game if uh, if Miami won and Montreal won. Then Montreal would have to play Toronto. Could be a pretty – I'd be – In I'd America. Be, in America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so so let's just say we go um, – let's just say – all right, so let's go, let's go in the Western Conference. Sporting KC against San Jose. Uh, sporting, I'm going to go with Sporting KC. I'm going San Jose just because they got an, an Argentinian coach in there. So I'm going to go San Jose. You like Chris, you're a Chris Wondolowski fan. <laughs> Chris Wondolowski scores the game winner in the 91st minute against Sporting KC. Probably happens too. Crowd goes wild back on the national team. Virtual, virtual crowd. <laughs> virtual crowd goes wild back on the national team in March. Uh, Minnesota, Colorado. That's going to be a, an interesting one. I'm going to go. I, I'm torn partially because I know one of the players in Minnesota. Um, I'm going to go Colorado only because I really like their stadium. I was going to go Colorado too. I think Minnesota has a target on their chest. So, <laughs> Shout out to Soccer Dan for the. Uh, but I'm, a, I'm also a Kellen Acosta fan. That's right. We He's are. Someone, yeah. And that's someone that should be back in the national team where I don't know if he's in there with those midfield players. I don't know who starts. It's flip a coin. It's true. Uh, Portland FC Dallas. Portland. Yeah, I would I would say so. Portland by six. Seattle LAFC. Seattle. I like Seattle too. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're in agreement there. All right, Philadelphia against Nashville or or sorry, against either Miami, New England, or Montreal. Philly, easily. Yeah. Three nothing. <laughs> um Orlando against NYCFC. Hmm, that's a that's a good game. I'm gonna go, go I'm gonna go New York. I was about to go NYCFC. I'm surprised. Oh, you're going against the hometown team. I'm going against New York. NYCFC? Yeah, I'm going for New York. I think so. They're good. They're good. They played yeah. them. I remember watching that game and they were in the bubble. I know that was a long time ago, but they played them well. They, yeah. That was a good game. Uh, Columbus Crew against Red Bulls. Columbus Crew. Your boy Giusti Zardes scored goals trying to get back in the national team. Yeah, and Lucas Alarion is there. Yeah, I'm going to go Columbus as well. I feel like you and I have the same picks. Um, so one of these teams loses, we're all out. Like this is yeah, we're done. Big disappointment. Uh, Toronto against uh, they would play either Nashville, New England, or Montreal. Toronto probably wins that. I'm going to say I'm going to say Toronto loses the first round. In the first round, yeah. Josie, Josie, just is he is he injured? If he's not, he's going to be like I don't. I just don't think he tough moment doesn't come through. Uh, falls apart. Hits the post. Ninety first minute hits the post. Yep, ninety first. Yeah, <laughs> instead of Chris Wondolowski scoring in the ninety first, Josie misses. Yeah, that could be it. All right, so there's our brackets. We'll we'll follow up next week. By the time we get to next week, we'll have half the entire conference already done. Yeah, exactly. So the first round will be done by next week, so that'd be great. Um, 
All right. So one other thing we wanted to talk about, or a couple of other things, but one of the things we talked about, um, I don't know that we mentioned it, but UEFA announced uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago that they were doing a referee documentary series. It's a four-part documentary series. I watched the first episode. Um, it's called Man in the Middle. I thought it was really interesting for a couple of reasons. One, they they take all the foot they took footage from the Champions League, at least in this first episode, Champions League from 1819, which was the first year that the VAR was introduced in the Champions League. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because I remember watching a lot of those games and I remember a lot of those calls and watching them live and um what I thought was cool was, and this is something we talked about last week when we talked about VAR, was they actually um, give you the audio. In the documentary, they give you the audio so you can hear what the conversations are with the referees. And I think it's it made me not rethink the way I feel about VAR, but it made me have a better appreciation for it. I still think that there's some things that need to be worked out, but I do think that they're actually doing, and I think that, that sometimes gets forgotten is how much work it does take to be a referee. Um, yeah, it takes the like, amount of training that it, that it takes is, 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 is extremely important. Um, but you got to pass this fitness test, right? Well, not only that, not only do you have to fit the pass the fitness test, you're not doing it at the same age as some of the players, right? So you're trying to keep up with players that are, Five, ten years younger than you, you know. FIFA training every day. FIFA and UEFA referee training facility. Do they? They do for UEFA. They do. Yeah, but yeah, but but when you're back home, you got to be able to do that. Not only that, being a referee for the you know in doesn't pay full time money, right? So you still have to have a full time job. Now, granted, some of them work within their referee associations within their countries, so maybe they you know they they do that, but. It's not something that you can just do full time. That's all you do. Right. I think oh. like with VAR, like with it being introduced, like it's good for the game of soccer. Like we needed it, but we're also trying to change. Like we're also trying to add something where we've been used to it going the same way for, you know, 50 plus years. So I think that's, it's like a growing pain where you got to get used to it. And we got to figure out, okay, after three years, what was our issues? Like what were right. our three main issues, right? If yeah. we fix all of them at once, then we don't see the other issues. So I think like over time, it'll continuously to get better and better and better. And even with like all these sponsors coming into soccer now, you know, one of these tech companies will take it over and take off with it. Google VAR. Google VAR or IVAR, right? IVAR. There you go. You just check your watch. IVAR. <laughs> Done. Um so yeah, so I mean, I think that's that. It's a pretty cool show. Uh, I encourage people to to watch it. It's on UEFA TV. Um, you have to create an account, but then you watch it for free. There's no commercials, which I love that part of it. No commercials. No commercials. I thought that I was. I thought I was going to sit through a bunch of like uh, Heineken commercials, um, but I did not, which is great. Um, so I was. Well, I was, now that you've endorsed them um, on the podcast, there will not be commercials. <laughs> Yeah, now that I've said it, I put it out in the in the in the internet world. Uh, all of a sudden, next week's show is going to be filled with seventeen different commercials for forty for a forty five minute show. The same Heineken commercial for forty five minutes. Oh my god, no! All right, but this this um, watching the show did strike an idea, and we're going to play a game. I, for me, it would have been a little bit easier because I I was a referee before I was a coach. I still well, I'm technically not a referee anymore because I haven't gotten recertified in a couple of years, but um i was a referee for a long time me too so, so we're gonna play we're gonna play uh the fifa laws of the game quiz created by me for Dwayne. all right so Dwayne, we got 10 questions right off the bat how do you think we're gonna do what 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 would we we going 70 percent 80 percent i'm gonna get six out of ten six yeah, yeah at least you're over the half right that's over the half that's over important. the fence over the fence all right here we go 10 questions how many laws of the game are there? Like 18. How many official laws of the game are there? I'll, I'll rephrase the question. Is lower than 18? 
17. Oh, that's close. 17. All right. What is law number 18? Um, I have no idea. Common sense. That's a lot. Or no, it's 17 laws with the eighth. Yeah. 18th is common sense. All right. Oh, you're 0 for 2 now. You're 0 for 2. 0 for 2. Okay. You know, your wiggle room is getting tighter. Yeah, I got to answer. It's just a question. <laughs> what is the IFAB? Oh, boy. National Football Association. Oh, Belarus. Uh, I don't Box? Board. Board. Uh, yeah, board. They are the governing body for all FIFA laws of the game. Uh, that would make sense. <laughs> so they're in charge of any sort of law changes and updates and guidelines. So that's the uh, IFAB. All right. What is law number five? Throw-ins. Nope. The referee. The referee. <laughs> All sides is like number seven. It's like the longest one. What is law number fifteen? Free kicks. Throw-ins. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. All right, what is law number 17? Uh, end of game. End of game? End of game, how do you leave the field? Corner kick. Corner kicks? <laughs> All right, these are no, these are, these are other, these are, these are questions now that are within the rules of the game. All right. Is there a rule? for the color of the artificial surface of the field? Uh, yeah. What would be the rule? Uh, the surface has to be, can't conflict with the touchline. It's got to be a certain color. Touchline's got to be a different color. No, but is there an official, like, is there an official rule if that's what the color of the surface is? Yeah, it can only be green, brown, or black. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You're somewhat right, also somewhat wrong. So if you're playing on an artificial surface, meaning a turf field, it has to be green. Can't be black. Black turf? They got it in Europe, man. Well, they got the one... There's a a college... Uh, I forget which school it is. They have a blue turf field. Boise State has blue turf. There you go. Yeah, can't play soccer there apparently. Not not official FIFA soccer. Uh, just so, green. Just green has to. That's the official color. Guess turf right. doesn't die, so it can't be brown. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said artificial surface. Yeah, I know you said artificial. I don't know why I kept the. Uh... <laughs> we are. So Man, far. I think I do good on game shows. I would. Over over seven. Um, are corner flags required? Absolutely, you can't touch them. And is there a minimum height for them? Yeah, they have to be like four foot, five foot, five foot. Is that your final answer? Yes. All right. Corner flags are not required. What do you mean they're not required? They are not required. You can play a game without a corner flag, um, but there is a minimum requirement, a minimum height. If you are going to have a corner flag, it has to be at least five feet tall. I got that answer right. Part. So you got, you, we'll give you half a point. All right. It not required. It changes the whole game. But they're not required. It changes, it changes the they whole game. They are not required, just like nets are not required in the goals. I'm not playing with corner flags anymore. It's fine. You don't have to play with them. They're not required. But if you are going to use them, can't be short and stubby. They um, have to that, be at least five feet, five feet tall. Game plan, right? A three, three foot flag. Oh, three sorry. Feet. The other, the other part is they can't have a pointed end. What do you mean? Like they have to be in the ground? 
No, on the top. On the top, oh, it has to be yeah. flat. You can't have a pointed end. Be stabbing people with the cord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, can you paint your goalpost and crossbars? No. Okay. Correct. They must be white. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot have like stripes on it. Can't do like funny designs. No. All right. Can you play with a sleeveless shirt or jersey? As long as the whole team is. No. Your shirt must have sleeves. Oh, well, I've seen a couple of teams out of compliance. About to get some points here. <laughs> Next time, boom, caught or uh, protest. Playing yeah. under protest. If you play under FIFA laws in that tournament and you don't have get them out of here. Get, get I'm gonna bring here. I'm gonna bring my uh IFAB book. We'll go get some me some God soccer and get those 30 match win points. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So um so you got one and a half points. <laughs> Safe to say I made a good career change getting out of refing. <laughs> I was a pretty good ref though. You got you got a 15%. <laughs> hey. What do, what do they say to the refs? You make a call, you stick with it. Yeah, no matter what. If even if you're wrong, you're still right. You're gonna be a bad ref, be the worst ref that you possibly can. Stick with it. <laughs> All right, player of the match. Who is your player of the match for this week? Uh, Nicholas Giacchini. Sorry if I said your name wrong, but uh, scored two goals. Um, I think he's the he's the top nine right now in the national team pool, and someone's got to knock him off the pedestal. So set the bar high. Um, scored a goal with his club team right before the international break, too. I think I heard. So um, in the second division of France, to so keep going. And hey, keep that spot. You're at the top of the list right now. All right, mine is Nicolas Gonzalez. Uh, he plays for Stuttgart and got called up into the national team um, this year. And the national some, team. Argentina national team, sorry. Um, and was somewhat not of the unknown of nobody expected him to play. All of a sudden, Argentina is without a left back. Uh, to play against uh, Paraguay the other day. Uh, boom, scores a goal. Ends up playing as a left back. He's a forward. Plays as a left back, scores a goal. Tie, game's tied. Boom, fair enough. Then we go to Peru to play on Tuesday. Scores the first goal as a left as a winger now at this point. So he's got two games, two goals in five games, I think, total that he has. Uh, but he scored two back-to-back goals in World Cup qualifiers. So, and that's a and that's a good point to you kids out there listening. Coach asks you to play a different position, play it. If it means you get on the field, play it. Yeah, why not? Coach tells you, you gotta go play goalie, play it. Go for it. Yeah. So that's my uh, that's my player of the match. All right. On this day in soccer history. So, November 20th, 1969. Okay. November 20th, 1969. It was the summer of 69. Okay. And I'm, and I'm, I'm using my words carefully there. Summer of 69 or spring slash summer of 69. So, if I'm saying spring slash summer of 69 in November... Wow. Bottom half of the world. I'm going bottom half of the world. So I'm going to Brazil. Who's playing in that era in Brazil? We've talked about him before. Pele, I guess. Pele, Pele. (laughs) Yeah. Scores his 1,000th goal on November. How many years did it take him to score 1,000 goals? Uh, 29. He was 29 years old. Now, granted. Wait, no, no, oh, no, 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 I meant, so it took him like 12 years or like 13 years to score 1,000 goals. Yeah, I mean, you got to think he was in the national team. He won a World Cup when he was 16 years old. So he scored like 100 goals a year. Pretty much, yeah. 
So I mean, we've seen like Messi and Ronaldo used to go at it with like fifty, but like, yeah. I mean, granted, he was playing in Brazil, but like that's still like pure dominance. Oh yeah, so a thousand a thousand goals uh, at the age of twenty nine against Vasco da Gama. It was, it was a PK. So yeah, so that happened November twentieth, November twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. So, all right, fair play of the week. Uh, I'm gonna go because I have a feeling mine's gonna be a little bit less serious than yours. Uh, so my player of the week, or sorry, my fair play of the week is gonna be to Ecuador and Spain for having mercy on Colombia and Germany and not scoring more goals. Uh, because Ecuador beat Colombia in the Comebol World Cup qualifiers six to one. We're up for nothing in the third in 39 minutes in Ecuador. Uh, Scoring goals against Colombia. You got to get that goal differential up, man. What? They got to keep going with that goal differential. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a qualifier, absolutely run it up. So uh, that caused uh, Mr. Carlos K. Rose. Uh, who was the national team for the Colombian national team coach to be fired? <laughs> so now Colombia is looking for a coach. Um, Brush up on my Spanish. There you go. So, uh, and then shout out to, or the other fair play was to good old Spain for only scoring six goals in, against Germany. Um, yeah, because Germany, uh, Bayern Munich was not stopping. Just, just an FYI to the Spanish national team. They were going to keep going. Mm-hmm. So um, they did it for Messi, for Barcelona. Did it for Barcelona. <laughs> what did you say? They did it for Ansu. <laughs> they did it for Ansu. Uh, I can't. They play. did it for Ter Stegen, right? They were like, "Yeah, you know what, Ter Stegen, you deserve to be the number one." And he scores now, goals the question, has 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 Ter Stegen played more than three games for the German national team? Yes. Okay, so you can't 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 uh, can't put him on the Spanish national team at the last minute. And well, he would be the number one there, but man, that would be a stacked keeper room in there. Yeah, like Dea and Kepa. Yeah, and Simone. I mean, even though Kepa is trash, but <laughs> that's all. That's like it's some world. Class, that's like almost like France. Like France. Like could you like, could you at that point put one of them in the field and just have them swap back and forth? Like last man backs goalkeeper. Yeah, just put both of them back there. Sweeper keepers. Just play a two three. <laughs> I don't know where you go from there. Two three five two. <laughs> two four four one. Yeah. Two, two four four one. There you go. All right. Who's your fair play of the week? Uh, I gave it to Kevin De Bruyne um, for his comments that he made about Phil Foden. Um, Pep has kind of said it too that. Phil Foden's going to be a world-class guy, and I thought it was pretty awesome for Kevin to say it when he's, you know, world-class and probably one of the best midfielders in the world right now is saying, hey, this guy in my locker room is going to be the best. So he's got something special. Um, it's just unfortunate that he just gets – he's at the like one of the best clubs, and he's an academy player. He just can't get into the team full-time yet. Yeah, but he's playing um, for his national team. Yeah, he got called back. <laughs> Got called back, and not only that, made an awesome play the other day. I didn't, I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. if you have not seen Phil Foden do a Cruyff out of the air uh, against Denmark, um, make sure you look that up. Now, granted, England lost one nothing against Denmark. Um, and oh, Denmark no. did not have their best players. Some of the best players. No, and actually, it might have not been against Denmark. It might have been the game before because he didn't get into that one unless he Iceland. Did. It was against Iceland. It was the game before. Um. So yeah, make sure you you look that up because it was no joke. Make sure you find where they can stream it in America because. Uh... <laughs> or it might have been against. It might have been against Belgium. I got. I can't remember who it was against. 
but it was pretty pretty special um actually i don't even know yeah phil foden didn't get in all right now we got to look that up oh man no it was against iceland okay so this was the other it was that first it was one of their first games because they, they started playing three games now well they played a friendly and then they played the two games their, yeah did uh, they play against they they play the friendly against iceland Beat him for nothing. Uh, they played a friendly against Belgium. Oh, they played, a, but yeah, against Belgium. Yeah, Phil Foden scored two goals against Iceland. Yeah, it was that game. Yeah, look that up. No joke. Very good. So Phil Foden, the beast. Like, if you want to play, watch. Phil Foden. Also, Phil Foden has zero facial expressions. So, even better. So, Not add Phil Foden on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get much out of that. All right. Um, well, we got next week's show. We are excited that hopefully we are going to have a lot of people uh, on next week's show as it'll be our Thanksgiving show. Uh, we will be saying what we're thankful for. Um, I'm thankful for the fact that Dwayne is a coach in our club, not a referee in our club. was still a referee be like you would be trying to get me like you try to get mark mckenzie big mark mckenzie to be <laughs> a ref I'm, i was in high demand man big places yeah got a dup that dup all right well good thing you're a coach now <laughs> uh, probably yeah probably better coach than i was referee <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Delaware Union, on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer, and on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. Dwayne, here's the one thing we need to do tomorrow, which we didn't do last week. We're going to have some player time. Interviews. We're going to do some player interviews. We're going to do something live. Um, we're going to do something tomorrow because we got some time while we're on the field. So, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. So make sure you follow our social media because we will for sure be going live at some point tomorrow. We just cannot forget. No, we'll, we'll go live. I'll bring the our uh, social media marketing person. I think the marketing analytics department will be on the on the. We'll be on scene. On with scene. Mass. We'll get them out the building. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Have them stored away in the building. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.